You're listening to the Storyteller Series from The Salvation Army. For more information or to share your questions and comments, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. The Book of Luke, Chapter 20 One day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts and proclaiming the good news, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him. Tell us by what authority you're doing these things, they said. Who gave you this authority? He replied, I will also ask you a question. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it amongst themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, Why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, all the people will stone us because they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered, We don't know where it was from. Jesus said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. He went on to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard, rented it to some farmers, and went away for a long time. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants so they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. He sent another servant, but that one also they beat and treated shamefully and sent away empty-handed. He sent still a third, and they wounded him and threw him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my son, whom I love. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they talked the matter over. This is the heir, they said. Let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When the people heard this, they said, God forbid. Jesus looked directly at them and asked, Then what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. The teachers of the law and the chief priests looked for a way to arrest him immediately, because they knew he had spoken this parable against them, but they were afraid of the people. Keeping a close watch on him, they sent spies who pretended to be sincere. They hoped to catch Jesus in something he said so that they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. So the spies questioned him, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach what is right and that you don't show partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? He saw through their duplicity and said to them, Show me a coin. Whose image and inscription are on it? Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, Then give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. They were unable to trap him in what he had said there in public, and astonished by his answer, they became silent. Some of the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died childless. The second and then the third married her. And in the same way, the seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. 
Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, The people of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage, and they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the burning bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise, for he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He isn't the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. Some of the teachers of the law responded, Well said, teacher, and no one dared to ask him any more questions. Then Jesus said to them, Why is it said that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself declares in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. David calls him Lord. How then can he be his son? While all these people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. In chapter 20, it gets really intense. We're looking specifically at verses 45, 46, and 47. And Jesus says, while all the people are listening to his disciples, beware of the teachers of the law. And he goes on to talk about how they act, and it is not impressing Jesus in the least. Um, and he says some pretty harsh things about how they act and what they do. He says at the end, these men will be punished most severely. And I think it's interesting that he's not speaking specifically about Pharisees, but instead the teachers of the law. I love this chapter. Uh, I love it for one thing because uh, chapter 20 in my mind sort of plays out like a kung fu movie. It's like <laughs> all these groups are coming out to gang up on Jesus finally, and he's like the kung fu master, mm -hmm. and they're all taking their shot at him mm -hmm. and you know having to go at Jesus because you know you have the elders coming out at the beginning, uh, and then uh, th these teachers of the law, and so on and so on. And they're all challenging him with some sort of, like what they think is a really difficult question. Like we're gonna get him now with some question that's gonna land him in some verbal trap that we'll be able to use and finish him off. Uh, and so at the beginning of the chapter, it's this question about uh, by what authority is he doing what he's doing, okay? And they're trying to kind of get him out with that. And then a question about John's baptizing and what he thinks about uh, the validity of the validity of those baptisms, and then a question about taxes that should land them, you know, in the hot seat if we ask them about taxes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then a question about marriage. Well, the taxes question didn't work, but certainly we can get them to say something controversial mm -hmm. about marriage, right? Yeah. Uh, and so they continually come to him to try to destroy him, you know. Um, the other kind of image that this evokes for me is Twitter <laughs> because I think this is like the essence of Twitter today, right? It's just this continual exchange where everyone is trying to trap the opposition in some kind of, uh, you know, controversial statement or position. 
And at the very end, Jesus stumps them all uh, with his own question. Uh, and that question being about this psalm uh, where it's David says in the psalm, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for their feet. If David then calls him Lord, how can he be his son? And of course, as they think through the logic of it, they end up at this understanding of who the Messiah is. Uh, and it's, a, it's just this really powerful kind of proof that Jesus offers for his being the Messiah and for the uh, coming of the Messiah. Uh, and so Jesus, the Kung Fu master, defeats all of uh, his enemies uh, and does so pretty efficiently. Um, but I love this chapter because I just think it so vividly speaks to our time where we can get so hung up on the peripheral issues and hung up on them, not because we actually want to understand things like taxes or marriage or baptism, but because we see ourselves and we identify ourselves as some sort of party, you know, as part of some kind of group where there's an in-group that we are, of course, a part of and an out-group. And we are doing everything we can to destroy the out-group mm. rather than actually understand uh, the truth of, of God's word rather than uh, practicing mercy and charity and love rather than, uh, you know, obeying our master Jesus. Uh, it's more interesting and more fun for us and feeds the flesh in us more uh, to look to be in opposition with someone else and to treat someone as an outsider and as uh, deplorable uh, than to actually be a disciple. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with a friend. You can subscribe to the Storyteller series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast store. For more information, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. God bless you and Merry Christmas.